Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, good morning, and welcome to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. This is episode 36. I checked. Very good. We are (laughs) chugging right along. Yes. How are you doing this morning, Michelle? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. I'm getting excited for Porch Fest next week. It is right around the corner. It is. Uh, It is April 16th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. here on Rhode Island Avenue. We've got uh, 10 stages lined up this year. Yeah. So all the way from uh, Carolina Kitchen at Rhode Island Row um, to... uh, I think there's going to be a stage here at Studio 202 uh, at 1522 Rhode Island Avenue uh, at the Public Option, uh, which coincidentally, or not, just got voted uh, Best Brew Pub in D.C. in the Washington, D.C., Washington City Paper. We have a lot of hits in the city paper this week. We do. Nito was voted. uh, Best best neighborhood restaurant that's actually a neighborhood restaurant. Yes, yes. So um, we're doing big things here on Rhode Island Avenue. I, all the good things are happening here. That's right. Um, so ten stages, um, forty performances across ten stages, forty to fifty performances across ten stages. Uh, Zipcar has come on as a sponsor to provide us with a couple of cars for shuttling people up and down Rhode Island Avenue to the different venues. Uh, you can find out information about Porch Fest and all of the performers on. Uh, our webpage, riamainstreet.org. Also on our Facebook page, there's a lot of great profiles of of some of the performers that are going to be joining us next Saturday at Porch Fest. So, um, so be sure and join us. That's sponsored by, of course, us and Cultural Tourism DC and Zipcar and uh, Recreative Spaces is is also helping us organize that. So we're really excited about it. I think the weather's going to participate. Or yes, the climate. winter will be over. Yes, we, we, the winter you know, will be yes, over. It we will will, will it over. to be over. That's right. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to our other um, sponsors: the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. Uh, is their grant money that helps us run our programs for small businesses and uh, helps us produce this show. So we're grateful to them each and every day of each and every week. Uh, we also want to thank um, one of our newer major sponsors, um, the Local Initiatives Support Corporation, or LISC. Um, and we actually have um, Adam here from LISC today. Uh, Adam Kent is joining us as our first guest. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. It's great to be here. Um, so LISC is, uh, man, you guys have been such an amazing support for us, uh, not only in providing us with uh, technical assistance and some of the ways that you're going to be talking about this morning, um, but also being an, uh, a matching donor for or a matching lender for Kiva Zip that we'll talk about, um, and helping businesses up and down Rhode Island Avenue. And um, you guys have been such a phenomenal partner for us, and, and we could not be more proud to be associated with you. So welcome today. Thank you. Um, well, we're also very excited and proud to be to partner with the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street as you work to um, support the local businesses along the corridor. Well, thank you. So uh, we just got finished uh, going through um, the LISC 
program that's called Metro Edge. Um, and Adam, do you mind uh, giving the, the official definition of, of what Metro Edge is? Sure. Uh, and, and I guess I'll probably start with just a quick background on what uh, what LISC is and kind of what we do and what what drew us to uh, the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street. We're, we're a community development organization, and we really look to empower local nonprofit organizations working at the neighborhood level, whether it's through affordable housing or co- uh, commercial corridor revitalization uh, or early childhood education, um, anything that really makes a neighborhood a great place to live in. For residents, regardless of their income, we look to invest in those local nonprofits that are um, that are doing that work. And so, we we walked the corridor about a, a couple summers ago with Kyle, and learned more about the work that the the Friends of Rhode Island Avenue, which is the nonprofit that the Main Street um, is uh, uh, that you were doing, and. Um, uh, thought that you know it was great, and we we wanted to uh, be a partner and help in whatever way that we could. Uh, and so, one of the tools that we have available to us um, is the LISC Metro Edge uh, program. And uh, we're we're a national organization, but we work at the local level. Uh, and so I'm here. I I'm a program officer in the DC office. Uh, but what's great about um, our structure is that we're able to pull down national resources to really help empower local neighborhood nonprofits and build their capacity. And so the Metro Edge program is um, a very thorough uh, a c- kind of a c- consultant package where we bring in uh, nationally respected commercial corridor consultants that perform market analysis of the specific corridor in, in which we're operating um, and look at things like retail leakage, uh, kind, of, kind of different demographics and trends, uh, traffic patterns, and from that data pull out recommendations for uh, local neighborhood nonprofits and in, in this case the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street. Well, uh, the, the Metro Edge program uh, was incredibly eye-opening for us, and uh, we. Yeah, I'm I'm repeating this. Adam knows all this, obviously, <laughs> but uh, repeating this for for everyone else. Uh, we pulled together a group of stakeholders that uh, represented a, a cross section of of business owners, property owners, um, uh, elected community leaders in the form of ANC commissioners. Um, in the form of civic association leaders, we extended invitations out. Um, we even interviewed Councilmember McDuffie on this, mm-hmm. um, and and from all of those interviews and the demographic analysis that the the Metro Edge experts took a look at, mm-hmm. um, they were able to pull together a, a recommended framework for mm-hmm. for growth on Rhode Island Avenue. Um, and there were some things that I found, obviously, very interesting. Um, Adam, from from the LISC perspective, what did you think was the most interesting part of that? Uh, yeah, well, I think one of the most interesting things that I found was, you know, after all the conversations I've had with you and I've had with business owners along the corridor and with residents that live here, um, 
a lot of the recommendations and the data analysis really aligned with what people who live and work on this corridor see every day. And so it was really affirming to... It makes it easy when it right. all lines up. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is power in having... Uh, being able to point to a number or right. being able to point to rigorous analysis to say, not only are these our lived experiences every day, but we can prove it to you as yeah. well. And so a big part of the power of the Metro Edge package is this gives Kyle and the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street kind of uh, another tool to advocate for the corridor. Um, and, you know, kind of the overarching um, issue that came up, I think, throughout our multiple meetings with different stakeholders um, and just walking the corridor was the importance of pedestrians and the importance of um, making Rhode Island Avenue and treating Rhode Island Avenue all the way from 3rd Street all the way up to 24th um, and to the Eastern Avenue, actually, um, treating it as a spine and viewing that as an asset that connects multiple neighborhoods. Yeah, uh, six different neighborhoods touch right. Rhode Island Avenue. Right. And the thing that they share is the Rhode Island Avenue. And how can we uh, open up all the neighborhoods to, to that corridor and use that as a connector um, throughout multiple neighborhoods? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree with what you said. You know, some of the some of the recommendations uh, the the framework recommendations were were very broad, and right. and some of them were a little bit more specific. Uh, you know, obviously. Um, Streetscape improvements is is something that not only the community wants, um, but that this report bears out needs right. to happen. Um, so that's something that we can work on implementing right away. Um, one of the one of the data findings uh, that I thought was really interesting was about retail leakage, um, and we knew it was happening, uh, and. For those of you who aren't familiar with the phrase, and correct me if I mess up the definition myself here, Adam, but retail leakage is basically looking at uh, how much disposable income is being spent on what categories and and where it's being spent, as in... Is outside it being, of the neighborhood. Outside of the neighborhood right. or inside the neighborhood. Right. And and there was some, some pretty outstanding... Um, uh, big waving flags of, oh my gosh, that's major. Um, and one of them was, um, sit down restaurants, nice, right. nice restaurants. Um, and, and despite, um, despite the fact that we've got, you know, good food market and giant grocery, uh, grocery stores were another leakage point. Um, so it, it just, it seems like there's just a lot of opportunity, not only to capture those dollars in, in different ways, but, it's it's that good quantifiable data that we can take to to the businesses that we're trying to recruit to the area because because at the end of the day those businesses are looking at the same numbers exactly and so uh the other benefit to metro edge is that you're speaking in the, you can you're be able, you're able to be versed in the same language and the same numbers that retailers from across the country are are using um, which will help with business attraction. And, yeah, and so the, the recommendations framework I thought was, was really great where 
um, the so the the nationally the national consultants uh, for this project were Larissa Ortiz Associates, and um, they really were able to kind of take this huge amount of information and data and really distill it down into kind of four major categories of recommendations. One uh, being how, how can the Main Street focus and really strategize on about the redevelopment that's occurring on Rhode Island Avenue, especially um, near the Metro stop. Um, how, how can we look at tenant mix? And uh, Kyle talked a little bit about that um, with by talking about the retail leakage that w- that we were seeing, um, how can uh, the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street kind of think about um, their administrative organization and functions moving forward? How can they grow as an organization? And then the fourth was how can uh, Kyle and the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street really help businesses along the corridor focus on retail sales and promotion? Um, and so those are kind of the broad categories in which. We have multiple recommendations uh, <laughs> moving forward, but the you know the other thing is you know this is one step in the process of our partnership with uh, the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street. We are not here to just provide recommendations and then walk away and you know wash our hands of helping Rhode Island Avenue Main Street, and so we're re- we were really excited when this was presented last week to also announce that we'll be providing um, uh, support for the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street in terms of a grant that will allow uh, Kyle to uh, shift some of his duties to another staff person or a consultant as far as um, administrative purposes Uh-oh. go. Kyle's uh, getting some help. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this is like the best news This is some good news. Ever. This is a good this day. This is fantastic. Yeah, you need some help. And, and so we're so you know, our approach is we we seek to be con- comprehensive when we make a commitment to a local organization. We see what tools we have available to us and what what we can use. We were lucky enough to have a really strong advocate uh, in our national office, Elizabeth Dimitru, who is our uh, national economic development director. Um, she saw, uh, she came down and visited, met with Kyle, and, and really saw that the Rhode Island Avenue corridor um, was a, you know, in, in a great respect, a perfect fit for the tool, the Metro Edge tool that we had available to us. And then from there, we also identified that we could find some grant funding sources for Kyle to support him administratively as well. So grateful for that. So incredibly grateful for that. And, and, Lisk's investment doesn't it doesn't even stop there. I mean, you guys are have set up this great partnership with with Kiva Zip. Yeah, and so we, as I as I mentioned before, we're a national organization, and that allows us. Um, so people like me who work in the DC office, I work on the very local level. So I work in neighborhoods, but I'm able to pick up the phone and call folks at the national office that are experts in economic development, affordable housing, small business lending. And so uh, the Kiva Zip partnership is an example of kind of our role in small business. Um, And so Kiva Zip is uh, an online, I guess what they call a crowd lending or crowd lending platform where uh, small businesses can create a profile um, and get folks to 
lend money to them at 0% interest. So I think a lot of us have heard about GoFundMe or these other or Kickstarter campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are kind of crowdfunding platforms where you get folks to give you a donation. KivaZip's a little bit different uh, because you're getting folks to lend to you. Um, but the interest rate on those loans is zero percent. So mm-hmm. our, which is which is the best interest rate you could ever have. Absolutely. Best, <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, this is kind of what they call micro lending. Um, it's really prevalent uh, internationally, and so Kiva Zip is kind of the domestic, the U.S. version of this. And so we Lisk has partnered with Kiva Zip to provide matching. Uh, so. Uh, Businesses can create a profile, and if they're endorsed by the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street, LISC uh, will turn on a match. And what that means is we will match one for one uh, the the crowd lending that occurs. So if you're looking to get a $10,000 loan uh, through Kiva Zip, you create your profile, you, um, you talk to Kyle, and um, he can turn on his endorsement, in which means if you're looking to get a $10,000 loan, you only need to crowdfund or crowd get crowdsource uh, $5,000, and LISC will match the other $5,000. Yeah, and that's fantastic. Yeah, and so these are 0% interest loans, two-year terms, so um, you can take two years to pay it back. Um, again, 0% interest, and uh, we were, were excited, actually, to announce that um, the maximum loan amount was just increased from five thousand to ten thousand. I was just going to ask that because when we first interviewed you all, it was I thought it was, five thousand. Yeah. So and and you know truthfully, uh, we the five thousand dollars I think fits for a very specific t- business, business type. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing a lot of uh, folks that operate food trucks or. Uh, out of the kind of kitchen incubator space, mm-hmm. relying or or tapping into this resource, this capital resource, which makes a lot of sense because their overhead's pretty low. But if you are paying rent um, and you are already kind of operating um, you need a, 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 a business, mm-hmm. you need a little bit more than five thousand dollars to really justify your time and creating a profile and everything else. So, uh, you know, I think. By increasing this loan, this potential loan amount up to ten thousand um, dollars, this can provide access to, you know, zero percent interest capital for a lot of small businesses that are currently on Rhode Island Avenue. And and I have to say, this we are turning on this match, and we are um, turning and solely focused on using this on the Rhode Island Avenue corridor. How yeah. long is and, this going on? Uh, so indefinitely. Oh. Yep. So this, so this is indefinitely. I mean, beat it. it sounds like a great deal. To we me. do. Yeah, we there are. Um, we have reserved a limited number of funds nationally for mm-hmm. the amount for for which we can match. And obviously, once loans become right. repaid, so don't wait. So don't really? wait. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because again, we are we're a national organization. We have thirty one other sites. And so other sites across other people the country for, are right. tapping into this uh, opportunity as well. Um, but we're really excited to bring this to the Rhode Island Avenue corridor. Um, not only would you get an endorsement from the Main Street and the match from LISC, but uh, a business would then tap into our 
uh, networks and ability to really get the word out mm-hmm. um, and advertise to folks um, to, to really get the word out and drive people to your crowdfunding site. Yeah, yep. And and this is this is just yet another incentive for people to start a business on Rhode Island Avenue, or if you already have a business on Rhode Island Avenue and you're looking to upgrade or improve some of your equipment, um, this is this is perfect. I mean, you just zero percent. Come on, this yeah, is, that doesn't come around every day. No, this is kind of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you, Lisk, and thank you, Adam, uh, for being here to talk about this today. Um, we, we, I know we're, we're working on at least one, one of those clones. We're going to, we're going to keep that under wrap until it's Ah, out there, but we got a couple of prospects out there and we're really new businesses or for an existing business. Any teasers for us, for our listeners? (laughs) Uh, Read and find out. (laughs) Read and find out. Uh, yeah, no, we'll, uh, and we'll have all this information, not only about, um, the the crowdfunding uh, the Kiva Zip Lisk match, um, but also the Metro Edge analysis up on our website, and I know you've got it up, Adam, on the Lisk website. Uh, so, uh, Adam, what is what is your website? Uh, it's www.liskdc.org. Perfect. And we just had we just recently had an article uh, that my colleague Adia published on um, the Metro Edge and our, our um, involvement with the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street um, and, and good food markets. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, Adam, for stopping by again today. And um, we will be talking with you again in the future. That sounds great. It's great Take to see care. you both. Nice to see you. All right, and now it's time for our weekly segment with uh, Philip from Good Food Market. Philip, are you there? I sure am. Hi, Kyle. Hey, Philip. How's it going today? It's going all right. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. What's uh, what's going on at the market this week? Oh, you know the usual bevy of uh, fresh produce and uh, exciting prepared food items. Um, <laughs> we've got an old uh, old partner uh, come back into the fold, uh, Tiny Grocery which is um, an offshoot of Scratch DCs. Um, and uh, they prepare right over on Evart Street next to DC Central Kitchen. So great products, salads, bowls, wraps, um, really great stuff. And they're back in the store full-time now, so we're really excited to see that. And, of course, every week we keep getting more and more produce in from closer and closer. Yes, and, um, tis the season. Yeah. What's, what's new in produce this week? Um, this week, we're excited to see the return of uh, colorful cauliflower. We've got orange and green right now and hoping to get some purple in over the uh, over the weekend. Um, not only is it uh, known to be higher in uh, nutrition content, um, but they have like a really unique flavor, uh, especially the green one. It's a Brocco flower, which is a... Um, natural hybrid of broccoli and cauliflower. Um, they do breed together, and people do that. Um, and uh, so that's really tasty. And, um, you know, um, we'll see more and more local come in. I'm looking forward to peach season, starting to get reports about that now. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a great spring. Looking forward to it. Uh, how's, the, uh, how's the garden plot going? 
coming along well. Um, April 20th, uh, Green Scheme and Oasis Community Partners and Good Food Markets will be um, doing some planting. I drove by yesterday and uh, several neighbors have already put starts in and have some things germinating and we're going to get some starts going in the greenhouse soon. So um, if anyone's interested in checking out what we're doing, um, especially uh, find out more about our summer programming, uh, please stop by April 20th, the Langley Park Community Garden, which is uh, 24th and Riggs, I believe, um, that northeast corner of, of Langdon Park. Okay. And yeah. um, 24th and Riggs, I'm trying to... Post. Yeah, I'm trying to picture that, too. I don't think it's Riggs. Um, it's, it's not Riggs. Um, yeah, it's it's the, like, if... Uh, it's at Langdon if, Park, maybe um, Franklin. Yeah, if 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 the wreck is one corner of Langdon Park, it's in the other. Okay, it's not Riggs. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So Langdon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you've got a, com- a community roundtable coming up too, right? We do um, on Thursday, April fourteenth at six, starting at six p.m. Um, at the Langdon Rec. Um, we'll be having a second in our series of community roundtables. Um, so we'll be talking about um, everything that was discussed at the first community roundtable. So for anyone who missed that and was curious about um, uh, what was talked about there, uh, many of the things we discussed are now moving or, or in action at Good Food Markets. Um, so kind of reporting back to the community on, on where their um, input um, went and you know, what we were able to do and what we're still um, trying to do. Um, and we'll also be introducing, um, in kind of a more structured way, um, the nonprofit I mentioned earlier, Oasis Community Partners, which we formed at the beginning of this year um, to expand on the educational programming that Good Food Markets is already doing. Um, and a number of our partners will be joining us from UDC, from um, DC Urban Greens, um, uh, and several um, neighborhood residents who are on the community advisory board, as well as the board of directors, will be there, um, and, and we'll kind of just be discussing the, uh, let's see, what's up to now, almost 30 um, events that we'll be holding between um, April 15th and the end of August, and some really exciting stuff, um, you know, really things for all ages uh, and all interests. Uh, related to growing and, and nutrition and health and fitness. Um, it's really exciting. There's, there's a lot of people involved. We have um, almost two dozen partner organizations um, spread across over 30 events, so, or almost 30 events. So it's, it's really neat to see everyone coming together and um, all these different organizations putting their resources um, in, in concert to, to put together some really interesting programming. Sounds great, as always, Philip. Um, Philip, if is all this information on your on your website on a community calendar or something? Yeah, it sure is. Um, if you go to www.goodfoodmarkets.com, there's a banner at the top um, to check out what's new and on sale. That's our that's our newsletter, uh, and there's a flyer and some details about that uh, community roundtable on Thursday the 14th, starting at 6 p.m. at Lincoln Rec. 6 p.m. Langdon Rec Center, uh, April 14th. Sounds great, mm-hmm. Philip. Um, well, thanks for for calling in again today. Uh, again, yeah, good, great talking with you. Good food market at uh, right on the heart of Rhode Island Avenue, Main Street, 2004, 
Rhode Island Avenue, 2006 Rhode Island Avenue. 2006. 2006. Yeah. I'm going to get that right one of these days. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can walk there. I've got my path memorized. Just a street number escape. You don't need the number. You know, you know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Philip, and we'll talk to you yeah. soon. Thanks, See you, Kyle. Philip. Thanks, Michelle. Great talking with you. All right. You too. Take care. Take care. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. We are now joined by Charlie Whitaker from Career Path DC. Welcome, Charlie. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Ms. Yancey. Thank you. Uh, so I know that you all manage the clean team that does the street cleaning. That's one of the things that you all do for DC's Main Streets program. And I just want to say thank you because our streets have not been cleaner in many, many years. Oh, they're spectacular. Oh, we appreciate the compliment. No, it's really, really good. I mean, and the guys are so friendly and they're just it's nice not to see trash everywhere and and during snow events they were out here at the crack of dawn shoveling snow and getting the sidewalks as clear as they could amazing yeah so that's a good thing well we know that career path uh does more than just the clean team program so can you tell our listeners about some of your other programs and services that the company provides okay well we actually do workforce development with young people from uh drs um, the Department of Youth Rehabilitation Services. Uh, we bring our young people out into the community and give them an opportunity to, to not only gain work skills, but to work with the community and show a positive side of the young people of today. Uh, a lot of my young people were are committed to um, the Department of Youth Rehabilitation Services uh, for, for things they've done in the community. So giving them an opportunity to come back and work in the community and, and, and cut grass for seniors and uh, actually work with other young people to show them, you know, the positive sides of keeping their community clean. Um, that actually benefits everyone. Also, we work with uh, Douglas Jamal from Douglas Development. We do some property management for those guys over at the Hex Warehouse where they had a new complex over there. It's a beautiful facility. Um, we really appreciate that. And we also do some things with HIT Construction um, with, um, Count, with Kwame Brown. Um, some 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 building maintenance and cleanup stuff, and I mean it's it's really a great, a really a great, a really a great opportunity for someone who's a DC resident who grew up in DC to do a lot of contracting work and helping others to get back to work. And um, we primarily hire returning citizens, so I would say like ninety nine percent of my workforce are returning citizens, and they do an excellent job. And you all also. Uh help with limited skill workers, not just returning citizens. So what would be an example of a limited skill worker, someone that may be a certain age or someone that has never worked? Well, I, I mean, yeah, you summing it up real well. Uh, limit, age, a person who haven't worked, a person who may not have, who have limited education, who may not have a high school diploma, may not have a GED, um, may not have even, may not even have any work skills. Um, those are the type of individuals that we work with to get skills and get them back into the workforce because my belief is that everybody can work. Um, we just got to find the right connection just to get them in and, and, and bring them into the, in the right path for them. So how does the training work and how long is it? Okay, so we have a couple of components to the training. One part of uh, the training is a three-week life skills job readiness course that we send all of our workers through. Another part of the training is 
for some of our individuals who are really limited skills, it's a volunteer part to our program. And they volunteer anywhere from three to six months just to show that they really, really want to work. Um, and, and that has worked out very well because by them doing that, they also picking up skills and they learning what we do, why they're volunteering. and So they're actually they're volunteering on a job site. Yes, yes, okay. yes. It's an intern, internship. That's what I call it. Okay. And do you offer a certain number of sessions per year? Is it open? You said it's open to D.C. residents. Yes. So actually, um, we open it up in September. Um, and uh, the first week of September. So the application, so people come in. I think it's probably a be around. I don't want to give a false date, but I, what I can do is just get the information back to you. But I know we open it up in September because the new contracts come out in October. Okay. Okay. So you'll start a new training session yeah. in September. Yes, with, ma'am. And do you have a maximum number of people that you can take? So we like to bring in around 50 individuals. Um, we're only really looking to hire maybe 10 to 15 people, but we bring in a 50 because in many instances we have a lot of people who can't pass the urinalysis test. Um, your criminal background really is not an issue to me. Uh, if you're a sex offender, the only issue is you can't work around schools or around where, where children are. But my real, my biggest issue is the um, urinalysis. You've got to be able to pass the urinalysis. And um, many people can't, so we bring in enough people so that we can. So you can that. cover the number of people yeah. you really want to have. That's mine. And do you have volunteers that uh, train you all? Well, Are you ever looking for volunteers that, that train your workers, or do you ha- handle that? Does Career Path handle that? Well, we actually train the workers ourselves. Um, but, you know, we, we do allow people to come in and volunteer and work with um, with our people. And we also work with CSOSA. So if they have people who need um, any um, – uh, any service, um, I, can, I can never say that. <laughs> well, they have people who have to come and do community service. If we have people who have to do community service, that, that we get people from CSOS who actually come in and do community service. And we also work with Project Empowerment, too. So when Project Empowerment have individuals who they want to send out to get some um, some skills, they can send them to us, and we'll put them to work. And if they do an excellent job, we'll actually hire them. So how did you get involved in this type of work? This is such a worthwhile uh, cause to bring people back into the community. It's a win-win for the neighborhood and for the people looking for employment. Well, I mean, it's actually funny, right, because at once upon a time, I was a maintenance worker. I used to work with D.C. public schools, and um, like I said, I'm a D.C. resident. I grew up in the community. I went to Eastern Senior High. I went to Brown. I went to Fort Lincoln. I went to Ruth K. Webb. So... um, when I got out of school, uh, I got a job working at Turner Elementary, well, working at Rosario doing uh, building maintenance. So then I transferred and I went to uh, Turner Elementary School. And when I got over at Turner, what happened is I was around a lot of other young professional people who were doing, you know, good things in the community. And what they would always tell me is, you know, you should go back to school. You should go back to school. So then I went to school, and I got a, a, a B.A. in criminal justice at UDC. And then once I was there, I mean, you know, I, I liked it so much, then I went on and got my master's in public administration. So once I got my master's, I started working at this place called the Columbia Heights Shaw Family Support Collaborative. And um, it was a lady named Mariana Quellis, and she was my director at the time. And what she did was she had put me in charge of this program called a Fatherhood Initiative. 
And when she put me with the Fatherhood Initiative, I would, uh, we would always have these conversations about how we can get the families to, you know, interact, get back together, la, la, la. But at the same time, when a, when a man's not working, no matter how much he goes past and see this kid, the issue going to always come back up that the mother needs some support financially. So we talked about that, talked about, talked about that. And um, it was a guy named Scott Pomeroy and um, Alex um, Padro. They all got together and put together this program called the Green Team. And with the I green, know the Green Team. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they put together the Green Team, right? So when they put the Green Team together, they made me the director. So, you know, it was, it was cool. I was real excited about it. But I just didn't know that it was going to turn into this. So when I left the collaborative, I started my own program called Career Path DC. And um, it was a guy named Mr. James Bunt over in Congress Heights, Main Streets. He had, he gave me uh, my first contract. And once he gave me my first contract, it was a young lady named uh, Gladys Camel who worked down at the SLBD. She, you know, helped us out, technical assistance and all that. And then it's like six years later, we got – Eight clean team contracts. We got um, because you do it for all of the main streets, not just Rhode Island. Right? Yeah, we do it for um, or most of. Them we do it for a lot of. We don't do it for all of. I love to have all of, but well, we if they come see how clean our streets are, <laughs> I, I love we could get more. you that probably if they see how clean our streets are because you all more. do a fantastic job. Um, your program is only open to DC residents. It sounds like, and that's, um, th- that's terrific, and. Uh, is there a cost for your program for people that are ex-offenders or for uh, limited skill? Well, actually, uh, it's not a cost to get in the program, but it costs approximately $25,000 per person um, once they're hired on. Because you we all right, so And this is a beautiful thing, and this is due to the mayor, Mayor Bowser, and um, council member Vincent Orange, uh, they made sure it was put in the budget that uh, each clean team worker had to be paid a minimum of thirteen eighty an hour. So that equals out to about $25,000 a year. Um, so it's, it's about $25,000 a year per person to, to run the program. But they don't have to come up with this. No, you no, all, no, you no, all no, get no, your funding right. from, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so the, no, the funding no, no, no. for Career Path comes from the city. From the, city. Oh, the, the team yes. members are actually paid. And right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. terrific. A, a good They're paid a, de- I mean, yes. much higher than uh, other places, yeah, living that, wage, so. And that's a good thing. That's it a good is a good, thing. it's a good thing yeah. for them. It's a good thing for their family. It's a yeah. good thing for our neighborhoods. Yeah. It just shows that the city, you know. You know, put the money where their mouth is, you know, yeah. and I, I really appreciate it. We had a meeting with uh, Vincent Orange, and uh, we explained this to him, uh, what, the, what the clean teams were making. And he made us, he said, well, you know, I mean, the statute state that government workers must be made a living wage. And, you know, he went to the mayor. He made it happen. She That's made it great. happen. That's so great. That's great. It's a good thing. So if our listeners want to find out more about Career Path and trying to get into your program, how would they find you? Oh, they can go to um, org. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds terrific. This is something good for our neighborhood. And he mentioned a lot of our sponsors. That, yeah, uh, yeah. That have DSLBD get his is, off the is the one that uh, that runs the contract on that. And oh, they the best. Us out. And yeah. and you you mentioned Alex Padro being uh, the formative member of the clean te- uh, green team. Yeah, or form- he formed he the green formed team. It. Yeah, and he's uh, I have to give Alex a shout out. He is uh, the 
executive director of the Shaw Main Street program oh. mm-hmm. and in the running for uh, the Great American Main Street Award this year at the National Main Street Conference. Oh, yeah, you're a good May. guy. So we'll, we'll expect to see good things come out of that. Um, well, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us today. This is good information, and we appreciate what you do for the community. Oh, it's yes. all good. It's all good. I appreciate you guys letting me come up to talk about it. Thank you so much. We are we are proud to proud to have you on Rhode Island Avenue, Charlie. Thank oh, man, you so thank much. Thank you. Like, just keep me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. Um, so, Michelle, uh, another good episode. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thirty six down. Thirty six down is wraps up another episode for us today. Um, don't forget, everyone, to join us for Porch Fest on April sixteenth from two to six p.m. here on Rhode Island Avenue. Visit RIA Main Street. RIAMainStreet.org. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter. I think we've got Instagram and Snapchat. I haven't figured out how to Uh-oh, use all that you? yet, but uh, we, we got we'll it. We'll ask the kids how to use it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so y'all uh, tune in every week for uh, for more good news from the neighborhood, and uh, and we'll see you on Saturday yes, at Porch Yes, see you Fest. Saturday. All right, see ya.